Way beyond the flesh and bone of your body is a whole world of energy that even though you can't see, it still heavily influences your life. One key aspect of that world of energy are chakras. These crucial little energy powerhouses are so fundamental to your life that your body would die without them. In this video, you're going to learn some key features about the chakras, including some quirks that I've learned through experience in working with thousands of clients from all over the world. You're going to learn what chakras really are, then some key features to the seven main chakras of the body, including some quirks that may surprise you. And then I'm going to share three simple tips to help you balance your chakras quickly. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. That intro that you just saw is from my brand new course called Awaken that's launching on July 20th. I designed Awaken to help people navigate difficult spiritual awakenings and come to a place of energy stability and clarity. Awaken is a six week long course that has step-by-step -step practice videos along with other perks that are really going to help you in your awakening journey, especially if you're feeling confused, lonely, and a bit lost uh, during your awakening process. We'll also have a really strong private community component to this course where you can connect with other souls, even find study buddies for the course. And there are a lot more perks that are involved in this course that I can't wait to share with you. If you feel a pull to work with me in this beautiful transformational course, remember that Awaken will only open once a year. So if you feel a pull towards this course, make sure to find out all the details. I'm going to leave a link in the description box below where you can find out all the details about Awaken and also to join the email list. So you're the first one to get notified as soon as the course goes live. I hope to see you in July. And before we jump into this video, I also wanted to let you know that there is a free workbook that's added as a supplement to this video. That workbook has key takeaways from this video and also questions and homework questions for you to go deeper on the content that we discussed today. I'll leave links to that free workbook in the description box below so you can download after watching this video. On to part one of the video, what are chakras? So chakras are energy centers that are a part of what's known as your non-physical self. So you can think of yourself as having a physical self. So that's the part of you that you can see in the mirror. And then there's a non-physical self that you can't see in the mirror, but that still exists. And that's this, this non-physical self is composed of a lot of components that I'm not going to talk about in this video. One of the elements of your non-physical self are these chakras or these energy points or energy centers. We're only going to talk about the seven main ones in this video. There are more, but we're only going to talk about seven main ones. Traditionally, um, in Hindu philosophy, yogic tradition, chakras have been talked about all over the world in varying forms, but usually the way that they are talked about is as wheels, kind of as flat pancakes or wheels. But for a lot of us, the chakras don't show up that way. So I remember that when I was studying chakras and I was trying to meditate and trying to visualize, I could never see these supposed wheels like the chakras are supposed to look like. 
to me, when I started to visualize my chakras, they looked like floating suns about the size of an orange, okay? That's how I see my chakras. So for you, it could be different. When you sit in meditation, you start to really focus on these energy centers. They're going to be um, in, on not on the surface of your body, but about two to three inches away from the surface of your body, kind of floating, really. And they're going to be in specific areas of your body that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But chakras are very, very powerful. And although you cannot see them, they really play a key role in your physical body actually being alive. So they are critical, critical energy centers. The, what they do is they, they communicate energy in and out of the body. All right. So there's a movement of energy in and out of the body through the, through the chakras. All right. And that's, that's kind of what's going on. They're moving energy in and out. But there are two main functions that I want to talk about. They're not just energy movers, okay? So there are two main energy, um, two main functions that chakras have that I want to talk about now, and these are really, really pertinent. The first one is that they are energy circulators, just like I said, okay? So they move energy in and out of the body um, when they're when they're healthy, right? When they're balanced and healthy, they're going to move energy in and out of the, in and out of the body, kind of in a free flowing way, without any blockages or anything like that. So, so that's an important aspect. This movement of energy in and out of the body is actually what keeps your biological systems alive. Okay. So the chakras are taking subtle energy and they're bringing it into the body and transforming that into biological energy that your body can then use for fuel and to sustain itself. Okay. That's one of the functions. The other function of the chakras that's less talked about is that the chakras function very much like computer chips. <laughs> I see them a lot like computer chips, meaning that within each chakra, you can have embedded information that your soul has encoded for different purposes. Okay. So an example of this would be your soul encoding some past life memories into a specific chakra so that those past life memories are accessed in this life so that you can heal things that you brought undone from past lives. That's just one example. But this aspect of the chakras being able to be kind of like computer chips that store information, not just from this time lifetime, but from lifetimes before, that's another crucial aspect of a chakra that's not talked about as much, but is very important, especially when you're trying to heal, because the more you can access these chips uh, in your chakras, the more that you can heal the past and kind of um, have that circulation of the chakra move in a free flowing way. Now, I don't want to give the impression before we move on to part two, I don't want to give the impression that 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 computer chips that are that the that the chakras have this feature of being like computer chips it's not just for past life patterns or for things that you need to heal you can also have programmed in your chakras specific gifts and talents. So that can also be a little chip in one of your chakras, all right? Your soul can program talents and gifts into specific chakras of your body that you can access later on that are really the gifts and the talents that you come into this life with, okay? So these are a couple of examples of how this, this information storage uh, capacity of the, of the chakras works, kind of like these computer chips that has a lot of information, a lot of stored information, information from this lifetime and from lifetimes before. On to part two of the video, the top features of each chakra. So I uh, want to leave a little side note here before I get into each of the chakras, and that is that there are many chakras. They're not just seven. There are many chakras, but we're actually just going to go through for the purposes of this video. We're only going to study the seven main chakras of the body. There are many more, many more that we can't go into in this video. That's, that's more advanced stuff. So we're going to cover the seven main 
chakras. The but it, you know if you have these covered, that's already a really good foundation on how to keep yourself healthy and at peace and and you know fulfilling your soul mission. Okay, so you don't have to get too overly complicated. All right, so here we go. Seven main chakras that we're talking about now. Chakra one is called the root, and it's located down the tip, tip, tip uh, of your pelvis, down and and. Technically, what's known as the perineum, which is the space between your genitals and your anus, that's called the perineum. And that's technically where this energy center is located. It's red, so the color, each chakra has different colors. This one is red. And this is the chakra that is very important. This is the first one to come online when you're still a baby in your mom's womb, okay? So very, very first one to come online. This chakra is all about survival, it's about feeling safe. It's about, it's about the tribe. So it's all about your tribe, the groups that you belong to, but very much a very key feature of this chakra is safety and survival. Okay. Security, basic things. So this chakra is very, very active early on in your childhood. If you have a really safe and loving environment, chances are this chakra is probably a little bit more balanced unless you're bringing in things from past lives that need to be, that need to be dealt with. Okay. Now this is also the home of what's known as the inner child. All right. Which is a subpersonality of yours. The inner child energetically resides in this first chakra. Another quirk, an important quirk uh, of this chakra is that this chakra stores, uh, remember that we talked about how the chakras sometimes function like chips, like information storage chips. This, in this case, for the first chakra, a lot of what's stored here in these chips, in these information chips in the first chakra, is a lot of uh, generational stuff and past life things having to do with your biological line, with your ancestral line, okay? A lot of that information is stored here. So a lot of times when we, uh, when we have certain family patterns that perpetuate from generation to generation, they're coming from the inner energy imprints that are, that are kind of in that information chip in our first chakra, right? This is one of the main quirks of it. This is a very foundational chakra when it comes to, to physically, because each chakra, although they don't touch the body, they govern certain areas of the body and each chakra governs different organs and different areas of the body. The first chakra is responsible for foundational stuff like the bones. Um, it's also responsible for your immune system. Uh, it's all the bones, your whole skeleton, but especially from your waist down, like the legs, the feet, very much talking about the lower half of your body, uh, but your entire bone structure and your immune system is governed by this first chakra. Chakra number two is called the sacral chakra. And this chakra is orange in color and it comes up a little bit more from the first chakra. So this is located in your womb area, right in that man or woman, this is located below that belly button in that womb, lower pelvic area. Okay. Now this is the chakra of sexuality. This is the chakra of sexual energy. This is also where you begin to create a sense of self. So whereas the first chakra, it's all about tribe and it's all about the groups that you belong to. Then when you move up in development into the second chakra, now you're starting to individualize. So this is the chakra, not just of sexuality, but this is the chakra of bonding in relationships. So this is when you start to bond in relationships to other people as an independent individual. So this energy is different from the first chakra. Bonding in relationships is an extremely important feature of this chakra. 
the more that you bond with others in relationship that's coming from that second chakra very important it governs your reproductive organs it governs uh you know reproductive organs for both men and women okay so very important chakra your entire sexual energy is coming from this chakra what's interesting about this chakra is that because it's responsible for bonding in relationships if i have an issue with this chakra if i have a dysfunction with this chakra i'm going to have issues in relationships i'm going to have deep issues in relationships this chakra it, it's not really just about bonding but it's about what's known as a lower level love okay so the term lower level love refers to a love that's more that's more fleshy okay it's a love that's more sexual in nature okay and in the reason that it's called lower level love it, it's not because it's bad it's because it's a type of love that's more that has more attachments right so when you have a dysfunction in this second chakra sometimes what happens is this is where jealousy and possession comes from so if you've ever been in a relationship where your partner thinks they own you it's because they have a dysfunctional second chakra they're bonding with you not in a healthy way and so it can lead to this type of possession and jealousy where that person thinks you're theirs okay and this is just an example of what this what this chakra is doing the lower level love that you express from this is very sexual in nature but it also has a certain level of attachment that doesn't exist higher up in the system and you'll 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 see in a little while we're going to talk about love again but in a different way all right so so bonding in relationships lower level love a dysfunction in this chakra can create things like possession and jealousy the biggest energy quirk for the second chakra is that this is the womb for all creation so sometimes people when they think of the second chakra they just think that the second chakra is the the source of sexuality and of just making babies <laughs> but that's not true the second chakra is the womb for all of the creations that materialize in your life whether it's an actual physical baby or whether it's a project, whether it's a career, whether it's a painting or some kind of art or music, whatever you create or you want to create in the world, it starts in the second chakra, in the womb of the second chakra. It starts here because this is the womb for all of creation. So this chakra is very creative, has a lot of creative energy, and it's very forward moving in its creative energy, meaning that it could materialize a baby or it could materialize a painting or any other project okay so remember that quirk about this chakra that it's the womb of all of the creations of your life chakra number three is the solar plexus so in in our journey of kind of individualizing this is where we reach our pinnacle okay so this is the chakra of personal will and sovereignty this is the solar plexus right here at the the top of the stomach above that second chakra it's yellow in color it's a very powerful chakra very fiery this is your center for personal personal will sovereignty independence but also this is where your sense of identity as an individual human being comes from okay so look at the path moving up right we go from tribal from group then we go into the second chakra we're starting to get more individual and now we get into the third chakra and this is where our individual identity matures okay us separate from the world not separate in the sense that we're removed from the world but separate in the sense that we are a unique individual and we have unique gifts and unique characteristics all right and that's where this is expressed that's where that sovereignty and independence is expressed 
Now this um, this uh, this chakra governs uh, the digestive organs, pancreas, stomach, pancreas, uh, uh, kidneys, also. So it governs the organs around this area here, where the where the chakra is. This is an important important chakra spiritually, also all of them are. But this is a really important chakra spiritually because without standing in your power, you won't be able to heal and to to grow spiritually. So this chakra really needs to be well balanced and strong in order for you to continue on your spiritual path. The more in your power you are, the more you can heal and also connect with your soul purpose. An important quirk of this solar plexus also is that this is the place where you can establish strong boundaries with the world. Okay. So it kind of goes hand in hand with personal power, right? But your ability to have strong boundaries with, with the people that you're in relationship with, that is coming from a strong solar plexus. If you have a weak solar plexus, then you're going to have boundary issues. So if you have any boundary issues in your life, you already know you're having a dysfunction in this, in this solar plexus. Okay. A powerful solar plexus knows how to say no as a complete sentence. <laughs> uh, a, a powerful solar plexus knows how to establish strong boundaries without feeling guilty or shameful. Okay. So that's an important energy quirk of this third chakra. Chakra number four is the heart. Oh, this is my favorite chakra. This is my favorite chakra. And what I consider the most powerful of all energy centers of the seven, this, this heart chakra, um, the heart emits the strongest electromagnetic field in the whole body. So this is a really, really powerful energy center. When you get up to the chakra, now it's interesting because now the, the path of evolution is going the opposite way, meaning that you start the first chakra in tribal consciousness, group consciousness. Then you start to individualize. You get to the third chakra, you're an individual, but then you get to the heart and now you're starting to return to oneness and connection and away from individuality. It's really interesting. So the heart is the portal of unity consciousness. It's the portal of higher level love. Okay. So now we're in a different level of love from the second chakra. So we talked about lower level love and the second chakra was, was more sexual. It was more attachment. Whereas the, the, the heart contains what's known as higher level love, which is a love without conditions. It's a love that's unconditional. It's a love without possession or jealousy. Okay. Totally different energy. This chakra is green in color and it governs the, this chest area, the heart, the lungs, even all the way out your arms and your hands are governed by, by the heart chakra. Very, very powerful chakra. At, in this chakra, you reach states of very elevated emotions, not just love, but compassion, empathy, ecstasy, bliss. So these really, really high uh, vibration states are achieved because of the power of the heart. When you come up to the heart chakra, really what's happening is you, you feel a different level of love. It's not just a love. You start to feel deep and profound love for yourself and for everyone else. So it, the, the consciousness of the heart chakra is a consciousness that says, I want the best for myself and everyone else. Okay. So that's the really high vibration consciousness of the heart. When you get to this heart chakra, also separation consciousness dissolves in the heart. Okay. So when I'm in my third chakra, I'm still very individualized, but then when I get to the heart chakra, separation consciousness completely dissolves and I'm in unity, what's known as unity consciousness. I'm connected to all things and connected to the universe. And I know and feel that connection very, very deeply.
The biggest energy quirk here for this chakra is that the heart chakra is the portal of intuition. Okay, so it's at the heart chakra that you actually get accurate intuition and authentic intuition first, okay? So from a scientific perspective, intuition is studied as a subconscious phenomenon, so a mind phenomenon, but it's not a mind phenomenon at all. It first starts in the heart. This is your portal of intuition. The more you're connected to your heart, the more you can access pure intuition. Chakra number five is the throat chakra. Okay, so now we're up in the throat. We've gone from the heart up into the throat chakra. This chakra is blue in color and it governs all these, this thyroid, parathyroid, all of this throat neck region here, okay? Now, the throat chakra is responsible. Its main uh, feature is this is the chakra of communication and creativity, all right? Yes, obviously a lot of communication, right? You can understand why this is the communication uh, chakra, but it's also the creativity chakra. What the, the throat chakra does is it works hand in hand with chakra number two, your sacral chakra. So the sacral chakra is the womb that gives life to all of your creations. And then what happens is the throat chakra then kind of breathes life, actually helps materialize the, that um, those manifestations, okay? So the throat chakra is where the, the, the things that have been gestating in your womb chakra and your sacral chakra, they come to life through this throat chakra. Really important in creativity, really important in, in kind of making your dreams come true and helping to manifest your reality. Now, one important energy quirk of this chakra is that this is the chakra of what's known as higher will, okay? Now, this is a, it's an interesting type of will because we usually think that we only have one will, but we have more than one will, right? In the third chakra, the solar plexus, that's really the center of personal power. It's also where your free will or lower will is located. That's the will of the human you. When you get to the throat, now you have a different level of will operating and it's called higher will. That's the will of your soul. <laughs> so when you get to the throat chakra and you really start to develop that throat chakra, your throat chakra aligns you with the will of your soul above the will of the human. And not above it in the sense that it's better, but above it in the sense that you now start to give to the, to the truths of your soul. You start to give into those truths. You start to accept them and you start to align with them. So your higher will takes over. Okay. And it sort of kind of merges with the lower will and it pulls you into your soul truths. This is a really important feature of this throat chakra. The stronger you have a throat chakra, the more aligned you'll be with your soul plans. Chakra number six is the third eye. Okay. So located right here in between your eyes above the bridge of the nose, this is called the third eye. This is the sixth chakra. This chakra is purple or indigo um, in color. This governs, you know, the brain structures, pineal pituitary glands, uh, but this general brain region is governed by the third eye. This is where a lot of your vision comes from, okay? So vision beyond what the physical eyes can see. That's the function of the third eye. It sees beyond the physical eyes. So envisioning, um, a lot of your psychic gifts come from this third eye. So all of the clairs, if you ever heard of, you know, clairsentience, clairvoyance, a lot of psychic and spiritual gifts are housed here in this third eye, but it has a lot to do with vision, vision beyond the physical eyes. That's the main function of this third eye. But the third eye isn't just responsible for spiritual gifts. Okay. So the third eye is also really important in what's known as higher level thinking. All right. So 
this is really complex thinking where you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together and you start to think in a non-linear way. So complex higher level thinking is coming from with the help of this third eye, not just with your brain functioning, okay? So it's coming with the help of this third eye is this higher level thinking that's also really important for us to live our lives and materialize things down here. The biggest energy quirk with the third eye is that it can envision different timelines. Okay, so let me explain that. So what the third eye can do is the third eye can foretell the future. And I'm, do, I'm saying that in air quotes because the future isn't really set in stone ever. So what the third eye does is it can envision different timelines, meaning that you can use your third eye to test out different timelines. So you can say to yourself, if I do this, how are things gonna work out? If I do that, how are things gonna work out? You can actually test that out with your third eye. Your third eye is able to envision different timelines. And so it assists you in your intuition in helping you create the best life for yourself because you can test out these scenarios and your third eye can envision and see different timelines, different possible futures, different alternative realities for yourself if you were to do this differently or that differently. So that's a really important energy quirk of this third eye is to be able to access different timelines that you can tap into at any given moment. Chakra number seven is the crown. So this is at the top of your head. This chakra is violet in color, very light purple. Um, and it also governs the brain structures, pituitary pineal. The third eye and the crown chakra govern very similar structures, all having to do with this brain area, okay? The primary function of this seventh chakra, this crown chakra is your connection to source in the sense that when you get to this seventh chakra, you, you transcend kind of reality. You transcend not reality, but the self. That's a better word. You transcend a sense of self, of human self. And it's sort of like you, you lose yourself in the oneness of the universe or the oneness of source. That's the primary uh, function of this chakra. Very, very strong connection to source energy when you're up here in this crown chakra. That's a really important chakra that's also has to do with higher level thinking, but higher level thinking in a totally different way. It's a, it's a higher level thinking that goes beyond the individual self because this is the chakra that transcends the self, okay? Transcends the sense of, the sense of self. So it, it really involves thinking, but thinking in a totally um, different way that has nothing to do with an object and subject split, okay? So the me and the world, the, the subject and the objects that I observe, there's none of that conversation up here in the crown chakra because all sense of self dissolves. And that's really the biggest energy quirk of this chakra is when you get to this crown chakra, you're, you, you completely, your sense of being human, an individual human in this body, it completely dissolves. You dissolve into oneness. And a lot of experienced meditators have sometimes been in these states where they reach such a deep state of meditation, their consciousness reaches the seventh chakra. And when it reaches the seventh chakra, you lose all sense of a you. <laughs> there is no you, there's no individual you here in the world all by yourself. It's, it's like your consciousness dissolves and it kind of merges into the oneness of reality. A lot of experienced meditators who've been able to tap into this consciousness will report exactly the same thing that they totally lose a sense of self when they get into this chakra, all right? So this is this is the last chakra in the system, uh, very much about connection to source and about transcending the self, the human self. So you see, as we went through these seven chakras, do you see the evolutionary path that, that kind of unfolds as you're moving and evolving up the chakras? You start from this really... Um, 
primal and and instinct-based reality of the tribe in the first chakra. And then you start to individualize. You become your own mature, independent individual at the third chakra. And then from the third chakra up, you start to go back towards oneness again, away from individuality and back towards oneness again. It's a really interesting pull of coming from oneness into individualizing, then back into oneness. And that's a beautiful way for us to evolve, all right? So that's the beautiful evolutionary journey of these seven chakras as you move up the system. On to part three of the video, how to balance your chakras. So when it comes to balancing the chakras, one of the first things that you have to do is you have to figure out what type of dysfunction you actually have in the chakras. The one that's talked about the most is a blocked. So you'll hear that a lot, that, that you have blocked chakras. A lot of times we talk about the blocked uh, chakras as the primary dysfunction, but that's not the only one, okay? So there's two primary dysfunctions of the chakras, and you have to figure out which one you have before you go into balancing them, all right? So the first one is when you have a blocked chakra. So the chakras is ch shut down, and there's not appropriate energy circulating. When it blocks, you start to have a lot of issues, okay? Because the energy isn't circulating properly. That's one, one dysfunction. Another one that's talked about less is when the chakra is too open. That can also, that's also a dysfunction that can cause a lot of problems. And it's a little bit more complex in the way in which you, you heal that and balance that. Okay. So there are two key features when a chakra is too open, there are two key features that you can spot that make it a little bit different from just a simple chakra blockage. Okay. So when a chakra is too open, what ends up happening, here's one of the key features, is that the energy is focused on that chakra. There is too much energy moving in and out from that chakra because it's too open. So it's it's almost like that chakra becomes, becomes kind of a vortex or a black hole of energy that's constantly sucking energy in, all right? That's one feature is that there's too much focused energy on the chakra that's too open. Another characteristic of that, of a, a dysfunctional and too open chakra is that it starts to weaken the surrounding chakras, okay? This is really, really common. When you have a chakra that's too open, it's siphoning too much energy and it's re, re, uh, taking it from the, from the chakras that are around it, all right? I'll give you a couple of examples so that you can see how this works in practical everyday life, okay? So let's say that, um, let's say that you have a, um, that you have a second chakra. Let's, let's use this example. Let's say that you have a second chakra, sacral chakra, it's too wide open, which means that you are probably going to be either a serial monogamous, someone who always has to be in a relationship, always chasing relationships. You always have to be in connection with someone in order to feel okay because your second chakra is too wide open. All right. Now look at this. If the second chakra is too wide open, what ends up happening a lot of times is that person has a weak third chakra, which is the, the chakra right next to it. Okay. Weak third chakra, which means that a lot of times when that person is in relationship, they lose themselves in that relationships because the, the solar plexus is not strong. They don't have a strong, um, personal power. And so when they get into a, a relationship, they lose themselves in it because the solar plexus isn't strong. It's weakened by the second chakra being too open. Okay. So here's a practical example. You see that play of one chakra being too open and then the chakra right next to it being too weak. 
This is, this is the key uh, important way for you to see the difference between a block chakra and a chakra that's too open. Here's another practical example here to really hone in on this dysfunction of having a chakra too open because sometimes people don't even know that that's a dysfunction, all right? So I'm gonna give you another practical example. And it's the practical example of someone who's really self-centered or even narcissistic, okay? A person who is overly self-centered and narcissistic, they have an overly open third chakra, solar plexus. That's where your sense of personal identity is, okay? Your sense of self. So if that third chakra is too open, I'm going to start to feel kind of a grandiose sense of self. And I, I can have very self-centered narcissistic tendencies when that third chakra opens too much. But look at, look at what's going on. That third chakra is open too much, so I have these narcissistic self-centered behaviors, but then my heart chakra, the, the, the chakra right next to it, is weakened by the third chakra pulling in so much energy. That heart chakra is weakened, which means that people who are really self-centered and narcissistic, they have a lot of difficulties feeling compassion or unconditional love for other people. And it's precisely because of this, there's an energy, tremendous energy imbalance that solar plexus is sucking in all the energy from the heart chakra. And so that person is unable to feel compassion and empathy for others, okay? So here's another play on how that overly open chakra is siphoning energy from the surrounding chakras either above or below it. So now that you know the two main different types of dysfunctions that you can have with your chakras, now let's get in to some simple tips that you can use to balance those chakras out depending on what dysfunction you have, all right? I'm gonna share with you three simple tips uh, to do this. It's really not complicated work, especially when you know what type of dysfunction you have in that chakra, all right? The first, uh, the first uh, step in this, in this process is awareness, okay? So that's the first tip for you. That's the most powerful one. When I'm aware that I have a dysfunction in one or more chakras, just the awareness of that dysfunction sends energy into, that, into the dysfunction. And it, that's probably 80% of the work. 80% of the work is the awareness that I have a dysfunction in a chakra to begin with, okay? Now, how do I know I have a dysfunction? You're gonna know very, very quickly through behavior. So that's that's one of the ways that I that I um, that I ask people to assess themselves. And you can actually journal this. That's a great a great exercise in self awareness is to journal this. You will know dysfunctions, chakra dysfunctions, by your behaviors. So, for example, uh, a person who is um, a person who's a sex addict, let's give another example. A person who's a sex addict will have a second chakra that's too open. So what's gonna happen? You're gonna know that that person has a dysfunction in that sacral chakra because of their behavior. They seek sex constantly, all right? So, so a person's behavior gives a way, very, very good way for you to see what type of dysfunctions you have in your chakras is to pay attention to your behaviors. That's one way but also how you feel or don't feel, okay? So for example, when we have blocked chakras, a lot of times we get we get cut off from our emotions because the energy is not circulating. So you pay attention to how you feel or lack thereof, lack of emotions, pay attention to your behaviors. And also another important way to assess a dysfunction is pay attention to any physical symptoms because the chakras are very intimately involved with your body, very important for the body. When you start having a dysfunction in a chakra, your body will tell you. So usually what happens is you'll start to have physical symptoms. Sometimes 
sometimes it can even get to the point where you can have um, a diagnosed physical disease um, around the organs that are governed by a specific chakra. All right, so these are some ways for you to assess whether you have dysfunction, what type of dysfunction. And the, once you bring awareness to that, maybe just by journaling, by really asking yourself a lot of questions about your behaviors and your feelings, the more that you do this, the more aware you become and the more aware you become of the dysfunction, that's like 80% of the healing work already. Now, once you have this awareness and once you make this assessment, maybe journal down and do a lot of this work of assessing how your chakras are doing, once you do that, then the, the, the part of the awareness that you can also bring into, into this step is just bring your gentle, sustained focus into that chakra. So let's say that, let's use the example of the sex addict. Let's say that you've just really come to the realization that you're a sex addict. This is an extreme example, but the, you know it's an example that we were using, so let's, let's continue using it. Let's say that you discover you're a sex addict and so now you know that your second chakra is overly open. You have a dysfunction in that second chakra. Okay, well, then what you're gonna do is you can become gently aware of that chakra. So you literally sit in meditation, you close your eyes and you bring gentle awareness, gentle focus to that second chakra. You can visualize the orange color of the chakra. And so bring a gentle focus into the chakra. As soon as you bring a gentle sustained focus into the chakra, the energy is going to start to move more in balance. Step number two or tip number two is conscious command. And this one is a really important one. People don't realize this, but your chakras, all parts of you respond really strongly to your own conscious command. All right. Now this step or tip, this is most important for a dysfunctional chakra where the chakra is too wide open. Okay. Not so much with the block chakras. When it comes to block chakras, just the awareness in step one, that's enough to get the energy circulating because when I bring gentle awareness to a specific chakra, that's going to bring energy and that's going to start to circulate energy. It's going to start to open up right away. This tip here is specifically, this conscious command is specifically really important when it comes to a chakra that's too open, all right? So that's why I'm giving it to you here, mostly to use when your chakra is, is too widely open, all right? So the way that conscious command works is that you're going to focus on a chakra and you are going to command it to come back to its normal size. <laughs> you're literally gonna do that. And trust me that your chakras will respond to this, all right? It, they will absolutely respond to this. So let's take the example of, of the sex addict that we talked about a little while ago. Let's, let's continue on that example. And let's say that you've now discovered your sex addict. That means your sacral chakra is too wide open. Here's how you can work with that. So you can sit in meditation. You can close your eyes. You can even put your hands on your, your sacral chakra and you can say a command or an affirmation. You can design your own, but I'm going to share a really powerful one with you that you could do also. And I want you to repeat this affirmation out loud, preferably, but repeat it over and over and over for as long as you want until you start to feel, you will feel that chakra return to its normal size. I've had many people say this to me, okay? You will feel that chakra return. So here's what you're gonna say. I'm gonna share with you this affirmation. You sit, you put your hand on your, on your lower chakra, on that sacral chakra. You can even visualize the orange color. And here's what you're gonna say out loud. I lovingly command my sacral chakra to decrease in size and return to its normal flow. So you're going to repeat this over and over again, and this is going to be a fill in the blank, right? We're using the example of the sacral chakra being too open, but you can use this for any other chakra. This is a fill in the blank statement. So I lovingly command my 
whatever chakra to decrease in size and return to normal flow. All right. So it's a statement around this, this idea. The more that you repeat this statement over and over and over again, you're going to start feeling that set, that second chakra in this example, but the chakra that's too open, you're going to feel it decreasing in size to a point where it returns to a normal, healthy flow and it's no longer too open. Now, once you use tip one and tip two, so you've used awareness and you've used conscious command, tip number three is really kind of the icing on the cake because it completes the healing and that's body movement. All right, so that's tip number three. Remember, those chakras are very closely related to the physical body. They govern specific structures of the body. So if I move my body, I am going to be affecting the chakras. That's why body movement is extremely important when you're balancing chakras. I love to use dance for this. So I specifically love to use very feminine flowing kind of dance movements. The more flowy and circular those movements are, the more you move your body in ways that it's not used to moving the better you can reestablish energy flow in the chakras. But you can use any type of movement you want. Just make sure that you move your body, specifically body parts or areas where that chakra is, okay? So for example, if we're using the example of the person who's working on that sacral chakra that was too open because they're a sex addict, you're gonna wanna move that pelvis around a lot, maybe do pelvic circles or just move your hips a lot because that's the area that's governed by that chakra, all right? So this is just an example, but you're gonna wanna move the, move your body a lot and movement doesn't just have to do with exercise or, or running or walking or, or dancing. You can, you can move your body and move tissues in different ways. So I'll, I'll give you some tips on other things that you can do. You can also do stretches. So gentle stretches is another great way to move your body. You can do self-massage. So you can self-massage around the area where that chakra is. So that's another great way of, of kind of doing that. You can put some hiking shoes on and you can just go hiking. You can go be out in nature, move your body, but be out in nature. That's a that's another way also to, to help you. Whatever, um, whatever way you choose to move your body, just know that the more you move your body paired with the other two tips, the faster you'll get these, these chakras back in balance. So now that you know more about your seven main chakras, if you want to go deeper into other aspects of your energy system that you may want to learn about and learn how to heal, I shot a whole video on the top features of your energy system, and I'll leave links to that video in the description box below so you can watch after this one. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below if you feel like you have a dysfunction in any of your chakras. I want to know which ones. Let me know in the comments below. And don't forget to download the free workbook that accompanies this video that'll help you go deeper on the content we discussed today. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can download my popular guided meditations. And don't forget this video that I talked about in this one. That'll be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I'm out.